0: Hi, everyone. I'm Katie McGannon, and welcome to... Drumroll, please. Thanks, universe. I'll take it from here. A podcast where the host doesn't really know what she's doing. <laughs> That's me. But she trusts that it will work out through uh, hard work and good intentions. No, seriously, I'm here to share my perspective and mindset about shit we go through every day. I'm a cycle instructor with a theater background, so hi, Spotlight. And I'm incredibly passionate about making people and encouraging people to feel like they belong, like they matter, and that they are worthy of so much good shit in this world. I'm just hoping to be a positive beacon of light for you. So let's dive into the good stuff and see how amazing we can feel on the other side. My goodness. Hi, everyone. I'm sitting here in the back room as usual. I'd like to describe my outfit today because in quarantine you can absolutely wear whatever the fuck you want and not be judged for it. I'm wearing my SoulCycle sliders. I'm wearing Puma basketball shorts that I got from Costco. I have on a SoulCycle sports bra in a very nice summer print. And then over that I have a Mumford & Sons tour jacket. And on my face, I have my clear blue light glasses. I have hair that hasn't been officially washed in probably five days and toothpaste on a stress pimple. So I look so damn good. It's unbelievable. You know that Justin Bieber song? Yeah, you got that yummy, yummy. I literally have the yummy, yummy, all the yummy, yummy. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I miss seeing all of you guys in person. Most of you are Soul Cycle fam, or um, just family <laughs> in general. I don't know, and I miss you. And people say that quarantine is hard, but I don't think we need to think of it as hard. It's necessary, so we're gonna be fine. Uh, there are way worse things that could be happening to us besides being just safe in our homes. So yeah, I've had the mentality when I've been trying to create things, whether it's stuff for Instagram or stuff on Spotify, I'm not doing it unless I feel ready or I want to. And I express that because I usually do things before I'm ready. That's been a choice I've tried to make as I've come into my own as a person and as a leader and as a, uh, a human being with a quote unquote platform. And I like to preach that like in class, uh, at Seoul, if you are thinking about turning your wheel, you know, to add more resistance or something, do it like five seconds before you're ready. Or if you're thinking about, coming up for a run and you usually wait like do a 5 seconds before you're ready you know because we're never really ready now in this case with things that are coming from the creative side of my brain i am i am waiting till i'm ready cuz i don't want to rush anything like i just looked at my phone at the last time i put out an episode and it was march 24th and that's like 2 weeks ago and one the concept of time in all of this is really funny cuz i'm like <laughs> that was yesterday that feels like 2 weeks ago but I just didn't want to rush anything. I wanted to enjoy as much as I could and not stress about anything. I think I spent the first two weeks of quarantine stressing about everything, stressing about the content I was trying to put out there that could really help people, not, you know, excel or um, propel my uh, status, I guess. I don't know how to describe that. But uh, then it just got to, I was like, I'm sorry, I don't need to be, adding this this stress and these thoughts and all this crap so I just let it go you know and let it go and let it be I suppose so here we are on Tuesday April 7th and we are doing our bonus episode our first bonus episode was um, embarrassing stories and that was hella fun so this bonus episode is This just speaks, speaks to me. Because we're telling ghost stories, motherfuckers! Wow! I love scary stories. I love horror movies. I love thrillers. My favorite place (laughs) in the world is Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Florida. And so here's my parental advisory. Don't listen to this at night. Or in the dark. Because I'm not going to do it. I'm not dumb. I don't watch scary movies when Brian fell asleep and then I wake up to go pee and I imagine like a creepy girl with hair in front of her face all wet, like climbing around a door. You know what I'm saying? It's that. Like my imagination runs wild. There's actually. I think it's on YouTube. It is the inspiration for the movie Lights Out, which is actually a really good movie. It's pretty scary. And it's a short film. It's probably five minutes long. And it is terrifying. And I will sometimes just be walking around and that short film will come up in my mind. And then I'll think about it. And then I have to turn a light on and then off. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. So please don't listen to this at night if you are right now turn either turn your lights on or like listen with someone or turn on the TV. I don't know. Just make smart choices for now. So again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh if you have been feeling up and down from day to day please Please, 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 I'm reminding you that that's so normal. There will be times when you feel nervous. There will be times when you feel maybe slightly uh, depressed or anxious or any of those things. And that is absolutely fine. Ride the wave. Ride it. Don't try to be the hero and stand on top of the surfboard and be the one crushing these waves. You know, if you got to go under for a sec, the cool thing about, I guess, buoyancy, buoyancy, is that you'll, you'll find the surface again, you know, so you won't go under and get dragged under, I need you to trust that you will come back to the surface, and you will be able to keep riding it. So, love you, sending you all the positivity I have, sending you all the love I have, sending you all the support I have, and I'm not going to tell you to stay home because you should already be doing that. I hate that we keep having to be reminded to stay home. And I just say that because that means people remind each other of things when they see it not happening. So, unfortunately, if you're seeing people not doing what they should be doing to save lives, I am sorry. I don't see it just because I'm been in my apartment you know we've gone to the grocery store and and that's it and we drove there so if you're seeing it because you still have to go to work or you're in the medical field i'm i'm so sorry i am absolutely heartbroken that you have to see it and you can't go up and punch someone across the face and be like go the fuck side you know what i'm saying so also the biggest shout out i'll keep saying it and thanking it as much as i can but to anyone in the medical field from the nurses to the secretaries to the cleaning staff to um the maintenance people i i'm sure i'm forgetting people doctors everything everyone thank you thank you thank you anyone that's maybe been in retirement and is volunteering now holy shit thank you um any of the people that are working at the supermarkets, at the pet stores, at CVS, at Walgreens, at Dwayne Reed, all those places, anywhere that's essential, the truck drivers, people at Target, at Walmart, all of those. Please, if I'm not remembering to mention a place, you know, add it to the list and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I will say that anytime I've gone anywhere, whether it's like Walgreens for a prescription or Target for um, a bottle of antibacterial spray or something. Uh, everyone has been so kind. It's amazing how really hard times really brings the deepest deepest amount of kindness from people. It's so it's so wonderful. even a simple smile from someone can really make a difference. So anyone that you see at the grocery store, if you run into a delivery person by your door that you're you know standing six feet away from on your porch like just tell them thank you. You know, you don't have to go overboard, but you do have to be consistent with it because it does mean something and any way you can help in any capacity, whether it's with a text or um, some money or something, you know, the little things make a difference. Do not think that your efforts will go unnoticed because at the end of the day, they will go noticed by the people that truly need it and appreciate it. So. We're now 10 minutes in to my spiel. I guess my coffee has finally kicked in. Has anyone else been drinking less coffee since been in quarantine? That's been pretty amazing because I'm usually like hitting that caffeine train hard as hell, baby. I'm like, we're on the highway to caffeine hell. Um, But yeah, just one cup a day. It's pretty awesome. So I'm going to open up my telephono and I have screenshots from all you amazing people sending in your stories it looks like we have about like one two three four five I don't I don't know why I'm counting I'm just gonna start with it um great I'll keep everyone anonymous just because I think that's easier but if your story gets on here hell yeah actually everyone's stories that were submitted are getting on here because that's the way the cookie crumbles here the cookie crumbles into a big, ass cookie sheet cake and um I don't even like cookie sheet cakes sorry to put a bummer or a damper on your dreams but it's fine I'd rather like a cake full of cheddar and sour cream ruffles chips do not send me any please I've been very good I've been trying to eat less chips okay here we go it starts out oh shit and when I was in college I had a friend who was very spiritual and could see spirits and we lived in a small sorority house with 24 women Whew. God bless you. Our laundry room was in the basement, of course. And one night I was doing laundry. And when I walked up the stairs, I walked through like a patch of hot air that smelled so sweaty. It was so weird because he went from cold to hot back to cold within a second. Oh, God. I told my spiritual friend who when responded calmly, Oh, uh, yeah, that's that big sweaty man spirit who lives in the basement. So fucking nonchalant. She followed it up with, There's also an old woman's spirit who lives on the second floor. My friend straight up sees these spirits and asks them to leave her alone. Anyway, we later found out that it was possible that a woman was murdered on that piece of land long ago, assuming by the sweaty man. And now I think I believe in spirits. Damn. The idea of, like, the hot to cold to hot thing is crazy because... It's, it's not something you see, and it's something you feel, and it's just, oh, it's so creepy. And that's amazing. I'm glad you survived. The sweaty aspect of it is crazy, because I've never, I don't think I've ever heard a story where the spirit had, like, a smell like that. That's pretty crazy. Wow. Okay. <sighs> Cheers to laundry rooms and basements. My college... Um, Dorm was a very, very old building that was apartments. And uh, when Amda, my college, took over the building, there were still residents living in the building. And they had been there so long because it seemed to have been like a rent locked building so these people were definitely in their 70s and up and there was this one woman because they were kind of they had kind of like always been like dorms because there were single room dorms and then there were double and triple I don't think I think there was oh yeah there was quads and not all of them had a bathroom in them which I thought was crazy like the bathroom was in the hallway but it wasn't like a regular college one it was just like two stalls and a shower in another room. Like it wasn't like a big, big communal bathroom. So some of the older people had to walk out into the hallway at night to go to the bathroom. And there was one woman who had white hair down to her waist. She was definitely in her 80s. And she would wear a white sleeping gown and a walker and she looked like a ghost all the time. And I was so, so happy that My bathroom was like attached to our unit because we shared it. It was like a Jack and Jill bathroom where there were two doors and we shared with um, uh, someone with a single room on the other side. So just like, oh, my God. But oh, yeah, the moral of that story was laundry was in our basement. Nothing ever happened. Thank goodness. Um, Great. Moving on next okay okay my high school teacher told us this story we have an open campus and we arguably have the most haunted school on the island (gasps) on the island the island is hawaii i made up that part she didn't put that in there my teacher stayed late one friday night to do grades and other teachers warned her against it oh god always listen to the people that are warning you against something oh yeah it got dark and she looked out her window across to the other building And she saw a lady in white. (laughs) She thought, oh, homeless people must live here at night. That's why people told me not to stay. She waved at the lady and the lady didn't wave back. Soon, the lady was right outside her window, which is impossible because her classroom was on the second floor. She started grabbing her things. The lady in white was behind her as she was going to her car. So she started running and drove off the campus she called her husband who was mad at her for staying because she didn't know that the school is notoriously haunted he told her the story of why it was this way in ancient hawaii the land where my high school is was occupied by a tribe one day the men went off to hunt and the women and children were slaughtered and raped by another tribe who betrayed them it was so violent there is said to be blood in the soil one lady who wore white survived she buried all the bodies out of respect. My teacher believes that the woman in white chased her off campus to protect her. Even when they tried to get priests to bless the school, they said that there's still bad energy there after all these years. Lots of teachers were crazy, had crazy ghost stories at school. Oh my goodness. First of all, the history of that story is incredibly sad and awful and scary. And the fact that this ghost was obviously scary because it's a ghost, but trying to protect the teacher was, oh <gasps> my god, but the, oh my god, she was on the second floor, and she was right outside her window. Can you imagine just like chilling in your office, not on the ground floor and you need to look in the window and there's like someone there, that means they're floating. They don't, they're not like on a window cleaner ramp and they're, oh my god, insane. Thank you for that, that was wonderful next oh this one okay this one's funny so this is scary story time yes we used to throw halloween parties at our house because um my birthday and halloween hello i love a party the theme was horror movies amazing love that and we had decorated the house to look like our favorite ones and people had to dress like their fave characters love that theme amazing all for it one area of our house had like like a life size horror movie animatronics like Pennywise, The Exorcist, Freddy Krueger, Billy from Saw, Chucky, you get it. Wow, that's amazing and terrifying. When the party was winding down and I was saying goodbye to the last guests, I shut the front door and realized my husband was nowhere to be found. Dun 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 We all had been a little overserved, so I figured he was already passed out in our bedroom. I wanted to make sure everything was shut off in the house, safety first, before passing out myself, so I went up to the third floor first. Keep in mind, this was the big room with all the animatronics and was lit like red and black lights. No, so dark. So unnerving to be alone in it. I can't even imagine. I would be like, shutting the door, bye. I started unplugging things and blowing out candles, and then I made my way back to the long room. I heard, Wanna play? I saw this goddamn Chucky doll from Child's Play. I screamed bloody murder and started having an all-out panic attack until I realized it was just my drunk husband hiding in the corner with Chucky ready to scare the shit out of me. Talk about overserved! He literally scared me to death. Oh my god. First of all, cheers to you for having all those giant animatronics. The idea of having The Exorcist, the um, Linda Blair like, life-size thing is beyond terrifying, because the image I always have in my head is her going down the stairs in, like, a bridge position backwards. That freaks me out. And the fact that you had to turn them off, like, the idea of, like, being, like, so close to them to, like, oh, good night, Penny, Cru- Pennywise- Penny Cruise, Pennywise. Um, yeah, pretty scary. So <laughs> your husband is a little shit, but, you know, tells a good story. I love the I want to play. I want to be like a, uh, um, a voiceover artist wanna play um, I'm gonna be right back my cats are meowing because I have the door closed give me a second and we're back I also went to the bathroom uh, and got some laundry out of the dryer and currently have two cats in this room with me so fingers crossed that they don't make any goddamn noise thank you so much next story let's see Ooh, this is another, this is another funny one. I found this very, very, very interesting. So I appreciate the person that sent it in. I sometimes have sleep paralysis, which is basically when you're in between being asleep and awake and your brain is awake, but your body body physically can't move. Holy shit. That's terrifying. It also comes with hallucinations, which are extra creepy when you can't move your body. Nope. I'm going to give that a giant nope. Why is there not A scary movie about sleep paralysis, because that is a real, real, real thing. One night, I watched a scary SVU episode too close to bedtime and was pretty freaked out. There it is. There's the disclaimer. Don't do it. Don't watch it at night. Too close to bedtime. You know, I put on The Little Mermaid to try to distract myself and fall asleep peacefully. Good choice. But I obviously stayed up to watch the whole thing, was still freaked out about the SVU episode and couldn't fall asleep. Then the sleep paralysis set in. My body froze and the hallucinations started. First, I saw a cat walking across my chest. I have no pets in my apartment, is what they say. Then I felt my bed sink down next to me like someone had just gotten into my bed with me. I was alone in my room. Oh my god. I couldn't move my body, but I truly felt like some stranger had just gotten into my bed next to me and was obviously terrified. It took all the energy I had to slowly turn my head to see who the hell had gotten into bed and laying there next to me peacefully sleeping on his back was none other than freaking Lord Farquaad from Shrek fully dressed in his hat and everything. I feel the need to mention I was completely sober and deeply confused especially because I don't think I've watched Shrek in years and never truly understood hallucinations until that night. Wow so we need to break that down. First you watch something scary and then you watch something super happy like the little Amazing. Hashtag under the sea all day. Hashtag up where they walk, up where they won. run. I just said one. Amazing. That's fine too. But then you finally like fall asleep and then you feel... A cat. It's like where did it's like where did that come from? Where where in your psyche were you like a cat's gonna walk across my chest? And then the idea of the bed sinking next to you because someone's gone in. <gasps> <gasps> I can't, I can't. And then Lord Farquad. Like, shout out to Lord Farquad. Um, I've seen Shrek the musical on Broadway with the original Broadway cast because like, you know, <laughs> hashtag cool. And um Yeah, Christopher Siebel Siegel, yeah Siegel, as Lord Farquaad, doing the entire show on his knees. It's just amazing, so amazing. So, shout out to Lord Farquaad. Um, I have to say, I do a pretty good impression of Gingy from Shrek. And also the three pigs from Shrek. They're, they're fave impressions of mine. And some of you have heard them before, but I feel like I should do them. Give me one second to warm up. Ha ha ha! Shrek, Shrek, Shrek. Um, so this is Gingy, I believe. It's in uh Shrek 2, after the Muffin Man gives him a little outfit. So he's like, thanks for the pants, Muffin Man! I've always wanted chaps. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm giving myself an applause. Yes, yes, yes. And then the three little pigs, again, I think it's in Shrek too. It, Um They're throwing a birthday party for Shrek. And um, there's no cake. And the, I think it's maybe like Pinocchio. They're like, like where, where's the cake? And then they're like, well, grab the cupcakes. And the three little pigs look up because they ate the cake and the cupcakes. And they're like, oh, oh no, they ate the cupcakes too. So. Thank you so much for coming to my podcast, which is called Katie Does Shrek Impressions. Okay. Ooh, this one's interesting too. Okay. They're all interesting. I don't know why I keep saying that. She says, oh man, I don't know if this counts, but I still think this was a ghost. Not what my parents think though. So I have two sisters. My younger sister is eight years younger than me. Oldest is three years younger. So in eighth grade, I watched my younger sister Emily for my sister's 16th birthday party, which our parents were at. I don't remember when she went to bed, but I know it was dark and I didn't have any lights on in the house. Oh, sorry, I didn't have many lights on in the house. I was in my dad's office slash den where we had our gateway computer and all of a sudden I hear these weird popping sounds like pop, 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 pop. Almost like incredibly loud bubbles popping. Anyways, I yell out my sister's name, no response. I go upstairs to check on her. She's dead asleep. I come home that's <laughs> I feel like we can't use dead asleep in these stories I feel like we just have to say sound asleep because dead asleep is like oh god a twist in the story I come back downstairs and walk into the kitchen all the lights in the house were still off the refrigerator which was the one with the long vertical doors the doors were wide open as if someone was holding them back not just a jar like full-on pressed back so that the shelves were all facing forward I put all the lights back on, call my parents to come home. They don't. And I end up sitting on the couch waiting for them. Anyways, about two years ago at Christmas, I'm now 33, my sister is telling ghost stories. And she's like, have you had any? And I tell this story. My mom goes, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was that peeping Tom in our neighborhood. And I'm like, what? You left me alone with my sister? And you thought that some random guy could be coming into the house? Anyways, I'm still going through life thinking that it was a ghost because I am much more comfortable than someone watching me from the window all night with no idea and then coming in through our back door to the kitchen. It's just a mess. Uh, My sister and I were like, what the fuck, mom and dad? I guess we... Did have a peeping Tom in our neighborhood, and he would watch to see when women's husbands were traveling for work and would come in and set the oven timer for 2 or 3 a.m. so that they would come down and turn it off, and he'd be in the window. Oh, my God. Uh, Still didn't want to believe it was a ghost because I can't imagine how scared I'd be today if I looked up and saw a man watching me through my window. Yeah, that's, um, if you follow true crime at all. The idea of like the golden state killer who was active I believe in the late 70s and early 80s and he was basically like the extreme extreme peeping tom because he would go to people's houses uh especially like younger families in this like up-and-coming city in California and he would figure out their one their schedules to the layouts of their houses and he would do crazy things like go in the backyard and like remove a screen from a window and then not come back to the house for weeks so like the families would be like on edge because they were like why the hell are there footprints in the backyard and a screen missing and then weeks later he would come back and like torture and rape them and it was awful and so the idea of someone like plotting that you know coming up with like oh I'm gonna do this creepy thing first and then it'll make This next creepy thing, even more horrible, is just, like, awful. So, so, one, literally, so glad that you're safe. Two, uh, parents out there, if you know that there's a possibility of, like, a peeping Tom or something like this, rumors going around, someone saw them on their ring, on their doorsteps or whatever, like, take, take precautions, like, extreme precautions, because nowadays that shit could go so wrong. So, girl, so glad that you're safe. Amazing. Next. Okay. Oh, this is heartwarming. Some of these are really heartwarming. Here's one of them. My Bubby was always so proud to be Jewish and loved going to Shabbat services. I believe it is Shabbat. If I'm saying it incorrectly, I do apologize. You are more than welcome to send me a voice memo Telling me how to say it correctly. The last few months of her life, though, she was too weak to go. Oh. A few days after she died, a staffer at my synagogue told me she walked into the lobby during the rabbi's sermon that Shabbat. She and the police officer, quote, in uh, parentheses, most synagogues these days have armed security because of anti-Semitism, unquote, were the only two people in the lobby. Out of nowhere, one of the front doors opened. These doors were heavy as Fuck the really, they really resisted being opened. They do not open on their own. But that night, one did. Right as the rabbi began his sermon, both the cop and the staffer were bewildered. But the staffer, who was a close family friend, knew it was my Bubby coming in to hear one last sermon before she left this world. My goodness, how beautiful. You know, that's not, that's when these stories turn from on the surface being scary to be, and um like amazingly comforting i suppose um really beautiful thank you for thank you for sharing that and um sending sending love to you in these times if you're if you're missing your bubby so sweet okay next starts out with you want a go story here you go context thanks for that i love context my backyard had a civil war battle happen on it whoa Excuse me. Lots of deaths and encampments. One night I was downstairs in the basement with my dog. Basements. All of a sudden it became cold and my dog's hair stood up. My dog was facing me but was looking right next to me. He started growling and barking. I turned around and ran. The house is haunted, so haunted that a university wanted to come do a paranormal overnight study. I'd never had any incidents until then, but that night changed everything. I went to my bed only to be woken when my hair was tugged. (gasps) I sleep lightly now. Freaked me. Every night since, I know I'm being watched by something. Wow. Dogs man. Dogs and kids can see spirits. If your dog freaks out, there's a spirit there, man, and just be just be kind to it. Ask it to leave you alone or just be chill. And animals too. Babyface, my fluffy cat. He's the dumb one. He's pretty special. He will all the time like look up and like stare at the ceiling or at the wall at random spots when there's literally nothing there. And I'm like, great, amazing. Hopefully it's my my um uh, my spirit angel. Yay. Uh feel like there's two parts to that one nope just the one okay cool okay so my parents house is haunted they bought the house from the og owners when they did the final walkthrough they were like hey you left your rocking chair and uh, the owners were like yeah it's all goodbye so fast forward eight ish years my brother is three and he says someone is in the rocking chair and she is his friend And we were like, okay, cool. Then my mom moves the rocker and my brother is like, my friend is mad. The chair moved. And that ghost started to move my mom's shit around. So now they don't fuck with the ghosts anymore. The end. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Um, Rocking chairs are only not scary when they're outside of Cracker Barrel. Anywhere else I'm like, nope, I'm not sitting in that. I don't I nope not messing with that so yeah sometimes you just gotta deal with things that are going on I'm so curious like what she moved you know did she open up all the cabinets I think it's in uh poltergeist there's a scene where they pan to the kitchen and then like one of the family members leaves and then they come back later and every single kitchen cabinet and drawers open <gasps> wow such a simple thing but so scary My goodness. Yes. Ready for this one? This one's a good one. As a child, I would complain to my parents about the little boy that kept waking me up by bouncing his bright red ball on my feet in the middle of the night. He always wanted me to play, and I complained that it was too late to be bothering me. I do have an active imagination, so my parents chalked my story up to being another one of my imaginary friends. A few years ago, I shared this ghost story at a family gathering that my younger brother was also at. We never talked about the boy with the red ball before as children, but as adults, he confided in me that he's seen the boy with the red ball too. He just thought he was dreaming. I looked up deaths of children around our childhood home and learned that a young boy was hit by a car on the busiest street in town about 50 years prior, right where our childhood home sat. (gasps) And um, I did ask and she uh she believes the little boy's name is william oh william r.i.p uh my father has become a little bit more of a believer that the house is haunted they just sold the house to my cousin and my dad told him to trust his kids if they say any weird shit about a ghost wow see telling you those kids man um oh that's so that's so like oh, it's so scary, but it's so, like, he just wanted to play, sweet little boy. And it's it's amazing that it's so specific, like a red ball. It's it's just crazy. Uh, My ghost story. Let me preface this by saying I do not believe in ghosts or anything, but this was spooky. That spooky has one, two, three, six O's. So spooky. Other important factor is that this story, uh, in this story, is that in Judaism, When someone dies, it's thought that the soul stays for two weeks. I think that's the timeline, she says. So my grandpa lived with my fam when he was sick and he passed away peacefully in our house. A few days later, I was on my Snapchat doing that face swap filter that was cool two years ago. My sister and I go to swap faces and in the background as I swap my grandpa's face was there floating. It was insane. I screamed and by the time I tried to screenshot it, it disappeared. But I swear his ghost was lingering in my house and it was behind me. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's absolutely something about losing a family member or someone you're close to that was in your house. And I think you just know like they're probably gonna be there and you're gonna feel them and you're gonna see signs. And I think you need to trust those signs. And it's crazy uh yeah this one got me this one I was like get it out of your brain before you go to bed Katie my mom and I were home alone once in my childhood house which is pretty old slash antique she was in the kitchen and I was in another room watching tv all of a sudden the oven shut off which requires going into the basement to reset the circuit so she did she came back upstairs and her phone was open on the counter with a text typed out saying what were you doing in the basement and it wasn't sent slash addressed to send to anyone. She thought it was me, but I was in the other room the entire time, oblivious to the the oven situation completely. To this day, we don't know who typed that text or why the oven shut off to begin with. (gasps) Nope. Nope. I'm going to be swiping through my phone to make sure because I think that was the last one I have screenshot it from people guys thank you so much again for typing out those stories it's I love first of all I love it but I also love how personal they all are and how sometimes they can like bring a family together in a sense or be a comfort with those members of your family that you've lost or friends or blah 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 so now what we're gonna do is you're going to take a little listen to a very, very special guest. They are not in this apartment. Don't worry. This is a voice memo that was sent to me. But this is my dad, John Litkowski. And I'm so honored that he shared this with me because he didn't tell me the story until, like, I would say, like, five years ago, like, not that long ago. And I was shahook. So... Enjoy John Lakowski's story.
1: Hello, Uh, is this on? Only kidding. This is Daddy Soul. I've been asked to uh, tell a ghost story, which I don't really have a ghost story. I have more of a guardian angel story. I've always felt that uh, I've had a guardian angel, and I feel that it's my grandmother who passed away right after I was born. And I kind of feel that Katie has a guardian angel also because my father passed away right after she was born. So with that in mind, years ago I was a police officer and I was out on patrol. I had a ride along with me and we were driving around and it had come over the radio that a person um, had just stolen a car It was back in the day when it was very easy to steal cars with just a screwdriver. And a lot of high-end, fancy cars were getting stolen and then just driven around. As we were sitting there, kind of just talking and figuring out what to do, the car actually drove right in front of us. So we chased the car through the neighborhoods. And eventually what they would do is... uh, the person would kind of get out of the car and not put it in park so that the car would continue rolling down the road, which would cause havoc, hoping that they would, that it would be of enough of a distraction that they could uh, get away. So the car had rolled into a telephone pole. I had pursued the person on foot. We were running through backyards and neighborhoods, and I'm calling on the radio asking for help, you know, come down, you know, set up a perimeter, And what happened was he ducked between some bushes, like a high hedge, and I followed him in, and when I came out the other side, there was nothing but a field in front of me, and there was nothing around. I was standing there trying to figure out where this person went, and I heard a distinct, soft voice say he's on the porch. There was nobody around. I turned around and some 20, 30, 40 feet back or so was a porch, the back of a house. And I walked up to that porch and when I opened the door, he jumped me. We ended up in a wrestling match Fellow officers came in, we apprehended him, and that was it. But to this day, it kind of gives me chills when I think about that voice saying he's on the porch, and there was absolutely positively nobody around except him, and they know he didn't say it. So that's, uh, I kind of feel that uh, my guardian angel was looking out for me that day because He did jump me and he was, uh, a, um, it was somebody needed to get off the streets. And so that's it. Thank you for listening. Everybody, uh, good luck out there. Bye.
0: I mean, what? First of all, daddy soul. Dead, deceased. I love my dad so much. Dad, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. You told the story so well, so clear. Gave us such a visual. Wow. Um. Yeah, the first time I heard that, it it sent chills down my spine too. And I can't remember if he had mentioned that he thought it was guardian angel because I was just like, yup, a ghost that's like super friendly, but like guardian angel absolutely makes sense and. It's funny that he said that he thinks I have a guardian angel because I absolutely agree. And I don't think we've actually ever talked about it. So like he said, my grandpa Stan uh, passed away when I was a baby, like a a super young baby. And um, that is Nana's husband. So um, growing up, anytime I would sleep, usually my bed was up against a wall. So how would I describe it? You know, if you're the left side of the bed was up against the wall, so the right side is where I would stand up. And anytime I would have my back to the wall, I felt normal. But anytime I would have my back the other way to where, you know, the rest of the room was, I always felt a presence. And this was consistent, like almost every night. And But it didn't scare me. I just noticed it. And I always, I swear, I always thought it was my grandpa Stan. And holy cow, this is like coming full circle of like validating that. So guardian angels, hell yes. But I mean, my dad has never, 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 never talked about anything like this. Do you know what I mean? Like there's never been those stories in our family. So this one story is just absolutely insane. And just, he's on the porch. Oh, and he was, he was on the porch. Wow. Thank you, dad. Love you. Okay. So um, now we have a very, very special guest. And I say that because... He's in this apartment. You know him. You probably love him. You're probably a fan of him on his favorite platform, the Graham. You've probably seen him in the back of a soul cycle class, hootin' and hollering, high fiving when it's allowed. And uh, living his truth, his his big boy truth. Um, here to tell his Ghost Stories is the one, the only, the beefy, Brian William McGannon.
2: Hello everybody, this is the Beefy Brian. Um, I do have a ghost story to share with you all, and it started off in Ohio. I was in 8th grade, and it was a school night, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and in my bedroom... The way I have it is, you open up the door, and my bed's right there. And where I rest my head on the pillow, you can see out of my door into the living room. And so I'm just going to bed, not thinking anything of it, and um, getting really kind of sleepy, kind of you know dozing off. And all of a sudden, I look out my door, and I see. A little child just standing there and he's wearing a suit he has his arms crossed staring at me and the child was just pale he was white uh, dark hair staring at me and he was probably only like two three feet tall and so I got really nervous and what I ended up doing was I took the bed sheet and and I put it right over my head because when I was little, I used to think that if I did that, everything else, no one could see me. I would disappear and be safe. And um, so I waited a little bit and next thing you know, my mind got curious and I was like, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And I wanted to peek out to see if uh, it was still there. And so I did. And when I peeked out, the kid was now like two feet in front of me motionless arms crossed staring at me still and it really freaked me out and I put the covers right over my head again got really really nervous and I probably was just I don't know what I was thinking at the time just very scared and um, I probably waited about two three minutes and I was like I have to look out again I just have to do it and uh, when I did it again uh the child wasn't there and uh, it never happened again um since i lived in that house so um that one was pretty crazy
0: i mean where do i begin first of all first of all a little boy um children ghosts are the scariest type of ghosts in my opinion um
2: motionless motionless just standing
0: there sure sure did you ever tell your dad
2: i did yeah what did he say nothing Nothing. Ooh, yeah. good. That's a good yeah. response.
0: Okay. Um, now you have another one, correct?
2: I do. Okay. I, Hit us up. Okay. So this would probably be around, probably like a sophomore in high school. Um, I had a friend sleep over and we we're in the basement and we we're just playing. Nothing
0: big, good happens in a basement.
2: We we're just playing video games. I had a big screen TV downstairs and um, we also had a, a laundry chute that you can see by the couch and the, and the TV. And while we're playing uh, Super Smash Brothers, um, my, 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 my eyes just kept on going towards the, the laundry chute, almost like something was there, but I really didn't think anything of it um, until I probably kept on looking like three or four times, and then I saw this like blur type of thing. It wasn't even a person, or, it was just a blur, and I felt the energy from it, and I didn't want to say anything to my friend because I was like, "This is what, what I have no idea what this is." But then the energy came to be so much that I stopped for a second playing the game, and I got nervous. And I told my friend, "I was like, Hey, man, do you see that?" And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Right there by the laundry chute." He's like, "What are you talking about?" Well, he ended up staring for a second because we stopped the game, and then he saw it too. It was kind of like a, it was like a, it was like just like a, a fluid type of almost almost like an orb but more fluid and going in and out and um and he felt he's kind of saw it felt the energy but when, as soon as he went to say something like I see it too next thing you know in the other room in the basement a bookshelf fell and we both got really scared and we ended up running up the stairs to the to, to the main floor and the crazy thing about that location so we had a bookshelf in the computer room in the basement Eventually, I ended up moving my bedroom to be right above the computer room. And at 2.30 in the morning, consistently, I would hear a pounding right below me. So the the computer room, right where that bookshelf fell. And it always scared me. It always woke me up. And um, I would end up falling asleep with the light on. Woof.
0: And I didn't know until today that the bookshelf that he's talking about was bolted into a cement wall. Like, I just figured it was, I'm picturing, like, a light oak. <laughs> I'm acting like I know my different woods. But, like, a light bookshelf that's tall that you just have up against a wall. And when you have a lot of stuff on it,
2: you no, know. It was, actual, it was an actual right. shelf. Oh. A bookshelf. Oh.
0: Oh, not a bookcase. Oh, I'm thinking of a bookcase. Oh, a shelf. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. It was bolted. Like a floating shelf. Basically
2: like cinder blocks because it was in a basement. Yeah. And something yanked it off. Oh,
0: I see. So did you hear the pounding before it fell or after?
2: Well, we heard the bookshelf fall at no, that no, instant. No,
0: I mean when you were in the bedroom above. Did you hear the pounding before the M, at time before the bookshelf fell or after?
2: It was after because I was after. still. I was still in the oh. bedroom where I saw that the little uh, the little kid, little, little kid. boy. It wasn't until a couple years later I moved my bedroom to be in the other room that was directly below the computer room where the bookshelf.
0: Now was. the pounding did it sound like hammering?
2: It, it sounded like like did was the ghost knocking?
0: Knocking. Was that door? Was there a door to that room?
2: There was. Was
0: it always closed?
2: Uh, no, not no? necessarily. Hmm. But it was like knocking. You would hear the knocking, and it. Ooh. Yeah, it was scary. I mean, my dad always joked around that you know someone died in the house before we bought it, and I know it was always a joke. I don't know if it really was real or not, but. Um, it, there was something down there, and it wasn't like it only happened a couple times. Right, this was if consistent. I, yeah, if I came home late, or if it was if I woke up between, like, you know, 2 and 3 o'clock, I would hear that pounding.
0: Right, right. And I've stayed at that house many, many times, and anytime Brian wants me to go in the basement, you know what I say to that? Fuck no. I've been down there only when he is around, because no way am I messing with that shit. Yeah, it's... Wow.
2: It was something. Uh, I don't know what it is. Don't know if it has any association with the little boy. Right. Be but um it, it there was def, there's definitely some type of presence there and it doesn't want to come out during the day. Wow. Yeah.
0: Pretty scary. Well, thank you, B, yeah, for no, it, for doing that.
2: It never hurt me, never did anything bad like that. It just always uh it always freaked me out. Sure.
0: Sure. <laughs> um I know that the people have been really wanting to have you on the podcast so can we do a you and me episode sometime soon yeah no problem yeah do you have anything you want to tell everyone during this time
2: um just want everyone to know that the uh, you know it's always darkest before the light hey so, hey uh, you know stay stick with it continue to be strong support yourself and your families and no matter what we're always here for each other so including me um Feel free to reach out to me anytime you want. He loves um, his fans. Yeah. I'll be there. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Thanks, B. So before Brian came on to tell his stories, I stopped recording just because he was finishing up work. And I went and watched this webinar with um, two fellow SoulCycle instructors. They're both master instructors. Um, Mel... Mel Griffith and um, Bevan, and Bevan's co-host of her podcast "Be My Neighbor" with Brittany. And um, to preface this, I've I haven't listened to "Be My Neighbor" podcast. There's no um, reason or excuse. I just I just haven't, and I just felt compelled to watch this webinar it was it was weird I was I went back and forth I was like all right am I going to make this work because I knew I wanted to get this podcast done today I was like all right do you think I can do it all right I'm going to sign up and I signed up earlier today and I am so beyond glad I did so that's what I did on this break I got involved in this and it was wonderful it was awesome it was insightful it was honest it was um so full of truth. And I filled a page of all these things I jotted down. And the first thing that struck me, I think signs are so real. And when Mama Mel was telling her story and the soul cycle side of it, she said that the very first class she ever took. At the original studio on the Upper West Side on 72nd Street, the very first song that ever played was Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. And if you know me, if you know my tattoos, you know that I have one on my arm that says dot dot dot, just forget the world. Because that song means so much to me. Nana heard it for the first time when it came out. I was either in middle school or high school and she used to drive me to dance a lot. And she looked at me and she was like, This song reminds me of of me and your grandpa Stan. And it it like hit me like a wave, like, holy shit. And so it was from that point on, I was like, Whoa, I absolutely needed and so glad that I am in this and watching this and witnessing this. And then even I said it in the beginning of this episode where we have to ride the wave, and we can't try to be on the surfboard all the time crushing it, you know? We have to feel like we can go under for a second, then come back up. And, and something that, that Mel said was, don't just ride the wave of your life, be the wave. Like, what the fuck? Like, universe, are you serious? That's insane. And I, low-key, I don't really like the ocean. It's terrifying to me. I don't love the beach, but the idea of that wave thing just felt so right to say today and then to hear it it said in a different context, but still so relevant. I mean, just phenomenal. So don't just ride the wave of your life, be the wave. That means that you feel not even in control all the time, but you feel present all the time, even if it's something good or something not so great. I mean, just awesome and Let's see if there's, oh, I love, just do today. I love that idea. They were talking about that. How, and I've said this before, and I've, I love it, is that regret doesn't change your past and anxiety doesn't change your future. So yeah, all you can do is is today. Um, what's something else? Uh, what do we want to make of this time? We need to assign purpose to this, you know? Um, it's not happening to us it's happening for us Mel had said that and that really struck me and I've mentioned it in another episode and it's so true what what is what do we want to make of this time what 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 is the purpose of this pandemic for us not nothing to do nothing to do with losing lives that is the absolute worst part of it and being separated from people but there can be a purpose behind it the hard things that we're going through so I just wanted to leave you with that um Go keep being the wave, the wave, the biggest wave, the smallest wave, doesn't matter. Keep being the wave. And thank you again, as always, for being the greatest supporters and friends and family and people ever. I send you love, light, positivity, all of it. And um, know that we still got this. Good night. Thanks, Universe. I'll Take It From Here is hosted by me, Katie McGannon. Follow me on Instagram at Katie2Soul. Yes, Katie soul with one underscore was already taken. Damn it. The reason I know how to do all of this now is because of the phenomenal Callan Carlson. I shall call him my producer, creative director, and manager. Cover art by the crazy talented Kate Comple and I leave you with my cat baby face purring into the microphone. Bye.